I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you are feeling alive right now. I'm Josiah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we're passionate about the next generation. We talk all about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my wife. Micah and co-host. How are you, babe? I'm doing great. I got a cup of coffee. We have an amazing guest yes, um, joining do. us today. And for those of you who are just tuning in, maybe you've never been a part of Young Adults Today podcast, and this is your very first episode. We are in now season seven, incredible episode three. Can you believe it? We're over a hundred episodes in. Wow. So if this is your first one. Go back, tune in to listen to some other fun, insightful authors, pastors, leaders, and influencers who are just wanting to see God's kingdom furthered and wanting to see it flourish essentially. So if you don't know how to get connected, you can tune in with us on Spotify. What else, Josiah? iTunes, iTunes, YouTube, now launched a YouTube channel. And I just say thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing. We try to drop a new episode every Monday morning Mm -hmm. and really excited to welcome Clay Cooney. I'll introduce him in just a second, but Clay, how are you doing? I'm good. I also got my coffee over here. So, uh, feeling perked up, ready to go. That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. Hopefully, yeah. wherever you're listening, you can sip your tea, your coffee, whatever you want to enjoy this episode with. Maybe get out a notebook, take some notes. Um, get on that treadmill if you need to, right? right? If you can. Work out. It's <laughs> a podcast while I'm working out. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. And uh, Clay, by the way, if you're not familiar with Clay Cooney, he's the director of Young Adults at North Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. Amazing church, amazing community, amazing pastor, and uh, brand new young adult ministry, right, Clay? Yeah, brand new. Just kicked it off in 2021. Incredible. So I think a lot of people are curious and we'll dive into um, a section just talking about starting a young adult ministry. So this episode is really for you. If you are strengthening a a ministry coming out of maybe the pandemic, quarantine, COVID, or starting, maybe your church is starting or you want to start a young adult ministry, this conversation I think is going to be especially geared for you. And Clay, as we get started, can you just maybe kick off with your story, your journey of life, faith, and leadership, maybe even marriage and family too with our audience today? Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, so I actually grew up in Marietta, Georgia. So Georgia boy, born and raised, uh, have not really lived anywhere else. Um, and I, I'm in Marietta, which is just north of Atlanta. Uh, spent most of my life in this area. It's definitely where I call home. Um, And I think over the years, I've definitely learned that I am a bit of a homebody. Uh, Love being here. So I was raised in a Christian home uh, with an awesome set of parents. My dad's a lawyer. Uh, Mom was a stay-at-home mom. And she did an incredible job raising us because I am a, I'm one of four boys. Uh, So had to, yeah. Bless your mother. (laughs) I know. She raised each of us. and so I have three brothers, uh, oldest of four, definitely have the typical traits of a firstborn, um, pretty responsible, disciplined, um, you know, the things. Um, yeah. And I'd say there wasn't really a time where I didn't know who Jesus was. So I kind of grew up in this Christian home. We went to church regularly on Sundays. Um, my parents sent me to Christian schools. So I feel like I always had this education and knowledge of who Jesus was. Um, so sometimes it can be hard to point to exactly uh, where I accepted Jesus and started following him. Um, but I have this distinct moment where uh, I was in a chapel service in the third grade and uh, the preacher kind of started to ask us to pray this prayer with him. Um, and I remember doing it. And from then on, it was like, yeah, I'm about this. Um, I'm following Jesus and going for it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it, it's, it was. Yeah, I still look back on that. And it's crazy that I even remember that, like a third grade decision like that. But um, that's kind of how that began. And then I just kind of started walking. Um, I feel like because I was first born and like just a little more responsible, I and was just in good communities, Christian schools and going to church. I kind of just lived responsibly. But I don't know if I was necessarily like 
focused on Jesus and trying to follow him uh, with everything that I had. Um, so I just kind of moved through elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, and then finally for one year, uh, lived in Kentucky because I chose to go to the university of Kentucky. Uh, my dad, uh, dad's family grew up in Kentucky, huge Kentucky fans. So this was like my dream school. It was like, oh man, it's going to be awesome. Going to get to go to Kentucky, um, and live there for a little bit. Uh, it didn't last long. I immediately missed home, missed Georgia, and just missed being um, where I knew. So that Christmas, um, I ended up kind of going home, talking to my parents. And of course, my mom was very happy to hear me talking about potentially transferring back. Um, so I ended up um, kind of starting to look into that. And the real thing was, I was just kind of having trouble finding the community at Kentucky that I was really looking for and wanted. Um, so I just felt like I didn't know if it was the place for me, but something interesting that came out of this is it's where my faith really began to take on its own and grow because it was the first time I really took this step away from everyone I knew it was out of my comfort zone. It was in a place that I didn't know. Um, and so when I was kind of struggling to find that community and the people that I, uh, wanted around me and struggling to find the church that I wanted to be a part of or the ministry, that I want to be a part of, um, I had to kind of lean into my faith and I had to lean into what I had known as truth all along, totally. um, maybe didn't have the focus on. And so that's where my faith was really strengthened. And so, although I can look back on that time and be like, man, that was tough. Um, I think it's also where my faith really began to grow. And I began to really have that personal relationship with Jesus versus just kind of walking along and knowing he's there, but not really like walking with him. Um, so from there, I transferred to the University of Georgia, found great community, started attending Athens Church, uh, which is actually a partner of North Point Community Church, where I work now. Yeah. Um, so I've always been kind of plugged into this organization and we grew up going to this. We were driving to Alpharetta to attend North Point when I was in like third grade. No way. <laughs> yeah my uh we lived in marietta but we were driving 30 minutes to go here uh because my parents just loved it atlanta traffic too in the atlanta traffic mm. yep <laughs> always dealing with that um so transferred to uga went to athens church and started to kind of figure out what i wanted my career to look like so uh i kind of just started following my dad's footsteps he's a lawyer i was kind of working part-time at his law firm um, and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And so I majored in economics, started studying for the LSAT. And then God just kind of had a different plan for me. Um, all the lawyers I talked to basically said, hey, you don't want to be a lawyer. Um, so that was interesting to learn. Um, and so it kind of changed my course. Um, and I, my dad kind of gave me the advice. He was like, before you commit all this money and time to becoming a lawyer, maybe try out uh, what you can do with your major and just kind of see what you can do before committing all of that. So um, I took his advice. I ended up spending that summer working at Lighthouse Family Retreat, which cool. is this really cool organization that brings um, families who have a child with cancer to the beach for a week. Um, and it was just really cool to spend that first summer after college uh, like giving back in that way and just giving my time. And I was really glad I got to do that and just I don't know. It was, it was a really good like respite away from everything and just focusing on serving and serving uh, Jesus and these families. It was great. And while I was down there, um, took a job at an insurance company for when I was going to move back. So moved back to Atlanta, started working there. And that's where I really feel like I started to experience a lot of what young adults experience. Mm -hmm. So you get into this nine to five job, Adulting. And adulting. That's, that's another good word for what they like to call it. Um, so I started adulting. I started working nine to five and it was in a job that I didn't love um, with people who were much older than me. So I wasn't necessarily getting to work with my friends. Um, and then, I mean, most people know this, like you get off at five, you maybe have time to work out, you eat dinner, go to sleep, and then you just do it all again. Right. Um, I think it's hard to kind of find that core community that you're looking for because we had it in college 
like all growing up, we had everything we needed and it was just kind of handed to us. So we reached this next stage of life and it's like, man, where do I find that now? It's like, I don't want to go to bars and out on the town to find that. Like, I want to go to church and experience a good community, like people who are for me. Um, And I think what really gave me a heart for young adult ministry and young adults in general is that as a Christian, I'm looking for that and I'm having a hard time finding it. Wow. And so it's like, man, I feel like I can step in and try to solve this problem and create a place where young adults want to come to and have community that's centered on the most important thing in our life. Um, so that's kind of how that started. Um, long story short, when I was working at that company um, and I started kind of helping plant this church called City Church um, in Marietta because I kind of wanted to try out um, a, the smaller church thing. I'd always gone to the big church. So I wanted to go be a part of something new and help start something in my city um, that was for my city. Mm-hmm. So did that. And in the midst of all of this, I was given some leadership opportunities. My faith was growing like crazy. I had the community I was looking for. Um, and I just feel like the Lord really began to place on my heart that maybe ministry is something that would be good for me to do full time. Or maybe he was calling me to that. Mm-hmm. I was actually listening to, I was single at the time. So I was listening to um, single dating engaged married as Ben Stewart was putting it out like at breakaway, like as it was his, the first time he was preaching on it. And I remember what hit home for me was the one on singleness, uh, as I'm sure it did for a lot of people, but I loved the way he championed singleness and how we should use that time and spend it well, not just kind of be like, Oh, I'm trying to get past this. I'm trying to get married and then I can move on. Um, But he really championed it. And I love what he said about his friend who um, used his time well. And he was like, I'm single. I'm just going to go take a seminary class and I'm just going to try it out. Um, And that's how I'm going to use my time. And I thought that was amazing because I just love learning and I love learning about the Bible and about Jesus. So I was like, man, I'm going to do the same thing. And Passion City Church, which is down here in Atlanta as well, had started doing this thing called Passion Global Institute. uh, And it's a partnership with Dallas Theological Seminary. And so I just started taking a class one at a time um, and spending my time in seminary. So I was still kind of working in corporate world, but I was helping with this church and I was doing seminary at the same time. Um, and all this stuff just started to come together. And then finally, uh, I saw this opportunity to be a part of the residency program. This new, it was, it was the first year, it was just starting at North Point. And it was a way to kind of, um, it was, basically a way to get both the things I wanted. I wanted to kind of work in the church and I also wanted to continue seminary. So I applied for this residency program. Everything went like so well. I I could tell from the get-go, from the interviews and everything that uh, this was what I was supposed to be doing. And it just felt so right. I immediately, I remember being at the beach and um, the first thing I did, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I just prayed about it. I was like, Lord, this feels so right, but it's also such a risk. Like I had just bought a house. Um, I had to pay the bills. I just turned 26. So no more being on my parents' insurance. Um, Like all of this stuff started taking place. And so I just prayed about it, but it just felt so clear. Um, So I joined the residency program uh, and worked at North Point for a year, kept going on. I was as a full-time student at Dallas Theological Seminary because they also partnered with the same school. So it worked out really well. And then uh, worked at Woodstock City Church, which is a, another main church down here in the North Point organization, uh, was a male groups director for the living room, which is the college ministry, uh, because I kind of knew all along, like where I wanted to get to was young adults, college, young adult ministry. So did college students. And then this opportunity uh, to be the young adults director at North Point came up maybe probably six months ago. And it had already been something we had been praying about. Um, I forgot to mention in the midst of all of this, I got married. During Um, the pandemic. During the pandemic. Yeah, I met my wife in the residency program. So the Lord really uh, gave me a couple gifts through that. Um, And so she and I, I had 
always kind of had this heart for young adults and I kind of brought her into my vision and like what I was feeling in that. And so we just kind of started praying about that together and started envisioning, man, maybe we just start like a small ministry um, on our own. And then COVID happened. So I kind of got put on the back burner, but we had already started journeying down this path and praying about it. And uh, then summer came along and it was like, man, we just miss worshiping together. Like we can, like week five of virtual church, I was like, man, this is hard. Like I want to, yeah, I want to be with people and worship with people. And so Allie and I started kind of planning to do a worship night. It was like, let's just see if young adults would come or if anyone would come and just worship on our back porch. Um, And that kind of snowballed into doing it on the lawn at North Point. And we ended up having like 80 people show up to this worship (laughs) night. Yeah. Um, And so from there, it was just, it just became more clear that this really was a need, like that there are young adults in this area that are looking for something to be a part of. And all we got to do is fill the need. We got to like fill the gap. And I think the Lord has just been showing us that. And it's been really cool to step into um, and start um, building this thing. Yeah. Well, Clay, thank you so much for giving us just the, the direction that God has given you the story of your life yeah. and from upbringing to just your journey of, wow, man. you know, like you took that one year, you went from the peach state all the way up to the bluegrass yeah. state, Amen. called you back to the peaches. We always had friends <laughs> in college. Anybody Love from Georgia, we called them peaches. He was a football player. I remember that right when you were saying that, I was like, oh, <laughs> peaches. <laughs> <laughs> fun to see that it took you know like god took you away to bring oh, yeah. you back to really download some amazing things and many of our listeners yeah, yeah. including myself and josiah like we have degrees um in different areas when it comes to education i have a business right. communication degree didn't necessarily know that god was going to call me into ministry you know four or five years after i graduated out of you know, getting that degree and further my education in a different direction. And we know that many of our listeners also have the heart that is entrepreneurial, that is wanting to develop, wanting to pioneer, right. wanting to yeah. see breakthrough for it's young amazing. adults, totally. wanting them to experience the fullness and the greatness of who God is and not what he can always do for them, but what he can deliver them from when it comes to anything from anxiety to depression to direction in their personal lives. And we know for many of our listeners that it can be an extreme challenge starting something new, you know, and one of Josiah and my prayers is that we would not be cookie cutter Christians who would just see maybe what you're doing, Clay, and take that and try to apply it only to our ministry. Like, we are prayerful people that were like, what do, if God's going to call us to be shepherds and we're following him, the ultimate shepherd, what do yeah. the sheep need that God's placed before us? Not, oh, no. you know, not what should I do and what do I have to say, but what is God and what is the Holy Spirit speaking through the word, through other people, through prayer. And like you and Allie came together and started praying, Josiah and I. So if anybody who's single, who doesn't have somebody that they can call husband or wife, I just want to encourage you that get some girlfriends together, get some guy friends together and just start yeah. praying first and foremost for your future spouses. If that's a major desire, to tame that desire versus having it come out sideways, you know? Um, But also that you would get plugged into the right church that you would get plugged in and you would start volunteering, that you would start seeing the goodness of God in the gift of singleness. And for the leaders out there who are in that position to know that, you know what, God does have somebody for you. And if that's the desire of your heart, he doesn't put that on our heart to tease us. So it's spot on. And I just want to jump in and say, Clay, like there was um, a number of lawyers and, and what Ooh. kudos to you, you actually talked to people in the field that you yeah. wanted to go into, or you were going to school for, you're studying for the different exams and certifications and series and whatnot. And mm-hmm. they're like, actually, I don't think you want to do this. And yeah. I would just say actually the opposite to the young leader who's passionate and wants to serve and has a burden for the next generation. I can't think of a better opportunity than invest your life and to give your life for the sake of the next generation in their faith. And I would just say that Mike and I, we found that there's nothing that fulfills us more than serving Jesus in ministry. I would, I would want you as a leader to know that you're called and I want you to know that, you know, because I think in any career or in any field, Mm -hmm. there's challenges that you face, but I would say to young people, man, ministry is a great thing. Um, it's a great 
field to serve in, to, to give your life to, to make a difference in the lives of people and specifically young adult ministry, like you said, Clay, in Marietta, Georgia and Alpharetta in the surrounding area mm. of Atlanta. I think in our context in Minneapolis and the Twin Cities, but I, in every community, whether it's rural, urban, suburban, man, in your context, in your city, I would pray that there would actually be people who listen to this mm-hmm. and, and take it as a nudge from the Holy Spirit that, hey, maybe we should start a prayer gathering. Maybe mm-hmm. we should start a worship night and honor the leadership of our church and the pastors. But I would just say the opposite of what the lawyer said, ministry is something <laughs> great to give your life to. Yeah. Well, I think it's fun to hear what Clay did was so organic to having people, you know, we're going to worship on our patio and then, oh, we're going to worship in our backyard. Oh, 80 plus people are showing up. Like yeah. that shows first and foremost, a need, Definitely. a hunger and an opportunity. And sometimes as leaders, when we have those dreams in our heart, we don't necessarily feel equipped right? We feel inadequate or like, oh my gosh, like where in the world do we go from now? Who do I talk to? How do we get this ball rolling? If it's a dream and like, it's really stirring in my heart and soul. And um, Clay, I'd be curious to just have you like lean into what was it like in the experience that you had launching and leading a brand new young adult ministry at North Point Community Church? Like, what did that look like, feel like, how was that process? Anything you can speak into that process for somebody who may be in a similar position you were six or longer ago, six months or longer back? Totally. Um, and I think I just love what you were saying too about how we need to learn to shepherd our people. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's kind of what we were doing. Um, I feel like we just sensed this need that God was kind of raising up in us. And it was like, man, we can be those people to fill that need. And also to yeah. what you're saying, sometimes it just takes us being willing to take the step. Right. I think God just is looking for people who are willing to take the step. Like we don't have to be qualified immediately to do everything that he wants us to do, but he qualifies the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. so if we just go and take the step, then he's going to give us the ability that we need to make it happen. And I think I noticed that as we were starting this ministry and as we were starting this worship night, it was crazy how many times um, God came through for us when I was like, I have no idea what I'm about to do. Um, It was like, I guess we'll figure out if people uh, would be interested in coming. Um, And I think there were always these things that were holding us back. It was like, man, this is going to be hard work. We're going to feel nervous, a little anxious about all of this. Like, can we really do this? Like, if we go through with this, are people even going to show up? That's the um, biggest fear, man. For people starting a young adult ministry, everyone I talk to at any size church, their biggest fear is, is anybody going to come? <laughs> Dude, we're three or four months into this now, and I'm still scared that no one's going to show up. There's still people three to 10 years in who are like, oh yeah. my gosh, this, this is a brand new thing. Do people know about it? <laughs> Seriously. Um. Yeah. So we, yeah, I think it's literally just being, just continuing to trust in the Lord um, and take the step. And so as we were um, figuring this out during COVID, we uh, just felt like there was this need that um, we want to fill. So we planned a worship night and it's been going extremely well. Um, I feel like it, um, I mean, we've had around a hundred people come into this thing every time that we've gathered. Um, And it's just been really cool figuring out, I think, like you were saying about uh, shepherding and just figuring out what your people need. I think we are just trying to get a read on the culture and what people are looking for right now. So it's been really cool as we've started this thing um, to have the freedom to kind of uh, challenge some assumptions and figure out what people are really looking for and what our generation is looking for. Um, because I think it's different. Like we are North point is a church for the unchurched. That's what they would say. Right. And I think, and it's amazing. We do an incredible job. I think of making it easily accessible to an unchurched person or someone who has never come before. Um, but what I've started to notice a little bit is I'm wondering if the unchurched person 25 years ago isn't different than the unchurched person today Mm -hmm. and so we've been kind of thinking through that and how we want to do ministry in that way for them Um, I think in this 
as our culture has kind of shifted and I feel like we're kind of becoming this post-Christian culture where um, actually everyone kind of knows this stuff. I feel like, I, I mean, I think most people have probably heard um, like who Jesus is in America and like have this idea of what Christianity might be. Um, and so it's kind of like, as they're going through uh, their day-to-day I think it's really easy for them to find answers that they kind of want. Like you could go listen to a podcast or a Ted talk or whatever. So as they step into the doors of a church, I think they're really coming to hear what we have to say. Like they're coming to hear the truth um, of what we want to talk about. So I think we can just be very confident in that and talk about Jesus when they step through the doors. Like, I think they want to hear um, about what we're about. Um, so, and another thing that we're just kind of learning about young adults is I think they want something very genuine, authentic, um, not as produced, um, I would say. Because uh, I think we, the way our culture just is right now is I think we kind of see through um, the things that kind of seem fake or like um, superficial. Mm-hmm. So we just really want to be very authentic. So as we're starting this ministry, we're doing a lot of different things. Um, we don't really have a stage right now. Um, we basically just stand on the floor and have people right around us and we're kind of creating this. Yeah. And we're kind of creating this round around us so that it really feels communal. People can see each other as we're worshiping together. Um, and we're just, everything that we do, we're really trying to, uh, center around community. Um, because I think that's what people need the most. Uh, what we've been, something I've been saying a lot and talking about recently is that in this age of information what people really need is connection so i think i can go get and that's kind of what i was trying to get at earlier is i can go get the information i want or need um just by looking on my phone but i can't get the connection the human connection uh from my phone it just isn't the same and so if we i think what's going to bring people to the ministry is people and having community, having intimate relationships, having uh, people who are there for you, who um, are celebrating your wins, but are also there in the hard times. Um, so any way we can create a space like that is kind of what we're trying to do. Um, we have been doing it in a new space. Um, our, we've done comfortable seating, kind of like a living room. Love it. Uh, yeah, so we've kind of got some couches and different chairs set up. Uh, we're offering like coffee, just kind of creating this intimate environment um, where it's very conversational. Uh, We've been trying this thing where we'll ask questions in the middle of the talk. So as I'm teaching or preaching, I'll stop for three or four minutes, um, ask a question, let people talk to each other. Because again, we're trying to let people get to know each other and create community and friendships. Um, So that's just another way to do that. And I'll do that probably three times. as I'm preaching. Uh, and I don't have to do that every time, but I think it's cool to kind of implement that every once in a while. Oh, I think uh, that's highly effective. Yeah. Yeah. I, back to how we've learned how to do min- like and not how to do ministry, but we've learned more effective in a group is rows versus circles. Yeah. You're in a row, all you see is the back head of somebody. But like you said, if you kind of circle people around you, you see them worshiping, they see you worshiping, you round up, you have some conversations, you break down what you're talking about. And that's just a great illustration of how we can mix up ministry. Not everything needs to be one or the other. I mean, you can do a conglomeration of everything. But Clay, I think you hit on a couple of things. It reminds me, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Field of Dreams. Have you ever oh, seen yeah. the old show? Okay. Love baseball movies. It makes me think like of that quote, like if you build it, they will come. Yep. And if people are looking for Christ, if they're looking for hope, if they're looking for community, we have to recognize as leaders, people are coming through our doors, whether they're churched, unchurched, they're hurting, they're broken, they're lost, they're angry, they want to experience some form of breakthrough, or they want to point fingers at the church, whatever that is, we need to be ready as leaders to say, okay, how can I not meet the need, but how can I point them to Christ and have Christ meet that need and know that I'm not God, I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I can point them to God and they can be introduced to relationship with him. And I remember we were, I think it was was an event that we were teaching and preaching at or somebody else was, I'm having a brain fart right now. But I remember a student coming up to us afterwards and they're like, 
what's a Moses? And yeah. this, you're in Minnesota. So it's like, yeah. there are still unreached homes and yeah. young adults yeah. who have no idea. So when we're teaching and preaching from a stage and they're saying, what's a Moses? I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like to me, that's such a humbling moment of like my ability to communicate, communicate. and teach and recognize. <laughs> or not communicate. Yes. I don't know. But I mean, those are just some fun challenges that we come up against, which sounds so, like you said, most people probably know, or they've been a little church, they've heard about it. Yeah. But then I'm like, when I assume some things, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're asking me what a Moses is. That is a person, not a thing. So really breaking down the fact that when we do have those rows versus circles, sometimes we become, our leaders become the facilitators, right? And they become some of the tabletop discussion people. And we get to equip them as the shepherds of the smaller groups. Because once you grow up to a hundred plus, Clay, you're one person, your wife's one person. You can't be as intimate as you want to be through conversation with people when you're only from a stage and you don't have that eyeball to eyeball with those, you know, 200 plus eyeballs. (laughs) Well, and I want to ask you a question here in a second, Clay. And as I do, I'll just set it up by saying, like, I remember being 16 years old, getting my first iPhone and there was this purple app called podcasts. And I remember my youth pastor, we would work out together. We would lift weights and train for marathons five days a week, Pastor Brent Silkey. And he's like, you need to listen in North Point Community Church with Pastor Andy Stanley. Mm -hmm. And I started listening every week. Um, That would have been like 12, 13 years ago. And probably every week since then, I've listened to life-changing messages from like maybe a treadmill. And I just hold your church and your leaders in the highest regard and just have such a appreciation for the fact that here in Minnesota, I stumbled across this podcast and it really changed my life. I know Micah was in North Dakota mm-hmm. and we didn't even know each other, but the, the new rules of love, sex, and dating yeah. that first launched, I remember that impacted her life in North Dakota, impacted my life. Mm-hmm. And I just think of the many messages that God used through a podcast to change our lives and um, just appreciate your church, appreciate your leadership. I'll honor him one more time. I don't even know if Pastor Andy remembers this, but we stumbled into a conversation, he and I on Twitter, and I was transitioning out of a role in the local church that I grew up at, um, leading young adult ministry, and we were going to launch a campus ministry nearby, Mm -hmm. and it was the first week of doing that, and he gave me tickets to Catalyst Conference for Mm -hmm. Micah and I to come, Mm -hmm. and he always has the axiom of do for one what you wish you could do for everyone, but like I think why I hold... Andy Stanley in the highest regard is I've been the one that yeah, he did right. what he wished probably that he could do for everyone. And not only in a broadcast level, like the the app, the, your move, and just the podcasts has that impacted our life, our marriage, our ministry, but on a personal level, I just remember feeling so encouraged, mm-hmm. so blessed, so inspired the week one of campus ministry, being able to go to a conference like catalyst, um, just as a gift mm-hmm. and a resource. And, and what you said um, was just really transparent and vulnerable and real when, because I just think of North Point Community Church, everything you guys do is just excellent. And for you to be honest and say like, well, I was wondering if anyone would show up. Thank you for going there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Sometimes people think of like, oh, well, they have it all figured out. And I think that we're all on this journey together, if mm-hmm. I can say it that way. And yeah. My follow-up question to that, Clay, is can you just share what went well? And even more specifically, if you'd be willing to go there, maybe what didn't go the way you hoped it would want to with the launch of a young adult ministry? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's been really cool because, like I said, we've been in, um, given the freedom to kind of try some new things um, and think creatively and just kind of see what people want. I think we've gotten North point is really good at what it does. Um, and I think we've gotten the opportunity now to be like, Hey, I wonder what else people want or like, and I think my like young adults are the next wave. Like they're going to determine kind of where the church is headed. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think this is such an important thing and a great opportunity to kind of experiment and figure out uh, what people want. Mm-hmm. And so we've been, I loved what you said, 
I, and I completely agree. Like, I think that there are a lot of people like, like, like we talked about, there's people have this knowledge of Christianity or whatever, but then, yeah, we we're leading small groups and my wife had this just happened to her. Uh, one of her girls in a college small group didn't know the story of Joseph and the, like his mini colored coat. Like, and it's like, man, I learned that in Bible school in second grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my wife literally went and bought uh, like a Bible, just like the basic stories of the Bible and gave that to her. Um, yeah. So I think it's really cool or interesting that while there's this general knowledge of Christianity, um, I think we are also suffering from a lack of biblical literacy. Spot like, on. Yeah. Wow. Like this, I don't think young adults and just this generation and this culture actually know how to read the Bible for themselves. I think we've gotten really good at going to church on Sundays and getting a practical teaching and turning around the next week and doing that. But if that's the only thing that's shaping and forming us, um, at our lives mm-hmm. one hour per week, and we're, then we're going around and we're getting shaped and formed by the culture and media and all of the things that are around us, it's just not going to be enough. Um, and so I think, in our ministry, what we're trying to do is really teach people how to read the word for themselves Um, and developing this love of scripture that I feel like is so important um, to our lives. So we are, I mean, coming up, we're doing this journal for people and I'm calling it an abide journal. Um, And I'm really excited uh, to see what people think of it. And have y'all ever done a soap journal, something? Yeah. Yeah. So I basically... I'm, I'm going to be teaching on first John, um, and do the series around abiding and uh, learning to abide, uh, ways to abide in Jesus. And so I created an, an abide journal and kind of changed the letters, uh, to a similar thing. So it's like absorb, behold, interpret, do entreat. Um, so it's very similar. And I made it a daily devotional for people to walk through. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I, I hope it works out well. Um, but like to get back to your question, I think uh, the community, the questions have gone really well. I think acoustic worship stripped down um, all, it has gone really well. People really love it. People really get into it. Um, and just creating a space where you can authentically worship and be yourself and mm-hmm. you can move around the room. You don't have to stand still. You don't have to keep your hands in your pockets. Like we want to create a space to like, just give it all to Jesus and leave it in the room. Um, and we're hopeful that um, God is there and we feel his presence. So we are trying to create a space for that. Worship's been good. Um, I think to answer your question on things that have not gone so well, um, in this like thinking creatively and challenging some old assumptions and things, um, I really wanted to kind of go old school. So I wanted to see what would happen if we kind of went back to the old ways and just kind of learn some things for ourselves um, and in this creativity. So one thing I tried was I've been staying away from screens. Um, I wanted to see if people would just like listen. And I don't know, I think screens have become such a thing now. It's like they're in every church service. We were rolling out a plasma to help with notes and mm-hmm. lyrics and all that stuff. So I was like, Hey, let's just try it without it and see what happens. Um, so we did bulletins. I printed old school bulletins. Love it. Yeah. It's what I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. Had the uh, worship lyrics in it, um, had the teaching notes in it, some questions that we were going to go through, the Bible verses that we were reading through. Um, and I love it. I love not having a screen necessarily. Um, but we did notice last time that I feel like it's harder to introduce new songs in that and with bulletins like i don't think we want people necessarily looking down reading when we could be kind of standing upward toward jesus and um just more focused on what they're saying and worshiping rather than and maybe i even like eyes closed um so we're kind of we tried bulletins i don't know if it worked super well i think people kind of my leadership team and the people that i'm kind of working with were like I think we want to screen again. <laughs> so um, we're going to try something different this time. Uh, we're going to try a lyric banner um, and just kind of have lyrics, but still 
not necessarily rolling a plasma out or anything like that. Um, what was something else that didn't necessarily go well? Um, we tried, oh, another thing. So just trying to get creative. Um, a couple of times ago, we put the teaching or the preaching aspect up top and did worship at the end. And that was kind of interesting because um, I think it, and Allie, my wife actually taught that one. Um, and it was just interesting trying to corral the crowd without worship starting out. And, yeah, to yeah. And another thing we learned in that is that as the teacher or preacher, I kind of felt for Allie because I was like, man, I don't know if I would want to go up there right now without worship on the front end because <laughs> it, it prepares my heart. Like yeah. it gets my right. heart ready to go up there. Um, and I think she felt that too. So it was cool to try out. Um, and the reason we did it that way is because we were teaching on worship that night. So we really wanted to teach and then practice what we taught. Um, so we tried it out. I, and I think it was tough, uh, but I think I would maybe do it again in only when I'm teaching about worship potentially. Um, but I don't know. It was interesting. And I think it was a great, it was a really cool learning moment for me because I think we've always just grown up and seen the way it's done. Right. But to actually do it this way taught me that there's a reason why we do it the other way. Um, so that was kind of cool. Well, yeah, it gives the people for the, the, for the tardy people, they can slip in through the crowd without being noticed. Like there's yeah. so many different things, like you said, to prepare your heart and thank goodness your wife was willing to be the, the cup bearer in that moment yeah. to test it out for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that was definitely interesting. And well, then, like, thanks yeah. for sharing some of those. It's amazing little, that you went there. Yeah, because I think anybody, I love that you said the word creative because I think COVID has allowed us as leaders and pastors to, or forced us, whether we're naturally creative or we've always wanted a bigger creative outlet to step into that. And you're not afraid to try something new and you're like, okay, it didn't work. Okay, we're going to nix that. Or, hey, that was amazing. We're going to keep doing this and see how people respond. And if it's a positive outcome, you know, that's great. And if it's something they don't really, you know, take to, then we know our audience. Like you said that from the beginning, we want to exactly. know the people, know the audience, cater to their needs, their season of life. And we know as leaders, like it is our opportunity to set the spiritual climate in those spaces, whether we're praying before, we're praying over the people, we are praying throughout the week for yeah. people and life groups or um, study groups, Bible study groups, whatever you want to call them. And we also know that we as leaders have the vision and sometimes it's hard to cast that vision, you know, whether they're volunteer groups, there are natural leaders or whatever they're, you know, whatever position that they really want to lean into to use their personal creativity. So I would just ask you, Clay, what has it been like building a team with volunteers starting out? Cause you're just pioneering fresh out of the shoot. Tell us about that. Yeah, totally. Um, it has been fun. I mean, I uh, am a team of one right now. And I knew that when I was going getting into this, that um, it was really just going to be me. Yeah. And so I knew, man, I'm going to have to find some volunteers. Um, I've actually started calling my wife, my key volunteer. Mm -hmm. There you <laughs> um, go. Gotta have her. Um, but so basically what I did is I need to recruit volunteers. So I started going around North Point and finding, I was like, Hey, what young adults do we have who work here, who are already in the church, who are super involved that we could pull from, um, that I know are already solid leaders. They're bought in, they care about this and they want this. And so I basically went around, um, to each one found people who were young adults and invested in this and just kind of started casting the vision for how I solved this or what I, what the direction that I wanted us to go. And it was really funny and I think God is so in this, but as I'm um, kind of talking through the vision and what I think people need, they, every single one of them would be like, oh my gosh, I feel the exact same way. Like I felt this, uh, something stirring inside me in the same thing, the same way. And as I'm asking their opinions and getting their feedback, it's like, we are all separate conversations all on the same page. Like amazing. We know what people need. Um, and so we just need to create it. Um, and so I just started pulling them together, basically made it a priority to start. As soon as I got here, I was like, I got to build a leadership team. So I found eight or nine um, people in the organization that I trusted. 
and formed this leadership team. And they were very bought in. They've been very bought in. And I, I going into 2021 and starting this thing, I was like, I want prayer to be at the focal point of everything we do because it is the only way that this is going to do anything. It's if it has to start with prayer. So we started meeting weekly on Thursday nights because we knew that we wanted to meet as a ministry on Thursday nights. And so leading up to the first gathering and gatherings beyond, we, um, I, I would just gather my leadership team at a house, um, basically in a small group like fashion and would just kind of talk about, we would plan ahead. We would talk about what we wanted this to look like and we would just spend time in prayer. And I remember the third one, um, the one right before where we were going to kick this thing off. I was like, I literally just want this to be prayer and worship night. So one of the people on my leadership team is our worship leader that leads every week. And I just told him, Hey man, bring your guitar. We're just going to worship the eight of us in this living room and just pray. And it was an incredible experience. Um, and I was, we walked away from it. Like, why don't we do this all of the time? Um, Amazing. Yeah. And, and I just think it set the, the bar for what we want to do moving forward and just literally praying all of the time and keeping that front and center. Um, I remember Ali and I, we went through, I don't know if you've read um, Circle Maker or Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. Yes, we yep. love that book. It's so good. And in Draw the Circle, uh, it's a 40 day prayer journey. And I remember over this summer during COVID, me and Ali started reading through that together because it was like, we should pray together and work through this together, do the same book. Um, and we literally just started circling our neighborhood in prayer and just praying together, walking around, praying <laughs> together. It was amazing. And we have seen so much fruit come from that. Amen. It's like things are happening now that me and Ali will be like, oh my gosh, we that was a prayer like six months ago. Um, so it's been really cool just to do that or just to see how that, the fruit of all of that. Um, and, uh, I just love, yeah, building volunteer team. It's been awesome. It's been great. Um, and I love doing ministry with friends. Um, I can't imagine doing this by myself. And I've told them that in our meetings, I'm like, I think the best part about this is that I get to do ministry with you guys, with my friends, um, because those volunteers really do become, friends you're with them all the time um you're leading with them and they're bought in with you and you're on a mission together um so yeah get some volunteers around you it's awesome oh my gosh what you said clay um just the desperation the the dependence mm -hmm. the the delight in god the desire for more of him and just to truly pray and ask mm -hmm. him to move something spiritual and deeply significant happens when we depend on God and trust right. in him and go to him in prayer. And I think of the circle maker, right. With Pastor yeah. Mark Patterson, I think of his story of Washington DC and what God's done there through just circling. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I shouldn't even say just circling. Yeah. What a significant circle prayer, like prayer walks. We happen to do ministry with campus ministry full-time mm -hmm. and to pray around our campus, to circle the student, yeah. the staff, the faculty, the, just the campus ex itself. I believe it pushes back darkness and brings the light in mm -hmm. when we set the tone and depend on God in prayer. And I think everyone who's read Circle Maker will know mm -hmm. that there's, a, there's going to be stories that follow. Right. Yeah. And this was crazy too. We were going through draw the circle and it was around the same time um, that we were planning this worship night to, to do young adults. And I remember we just kind of chose a date. We tossed out a date, started moving toward that. And then I get to one of the chapters and I think it's Mark was talking about the remnant and starting this new um, like gathering or thing with just a small group of people. And he talked, he touches on uh, Moravian Pentecost. And this happened on August 27th. It was a, this group of people that just started praying together. And then it kicked off this huge reformation or revival, essentially. Wow. Yeah. And his event was on what day? My, day, my event was on August 27th. <laughs> I was I like, it. oh my gosh, like all these pieces and things just started coming together. And it was just reminder after reminder that the Lord is so in this. And he does give us those little gifts 
of like his presence and mm-hmm. um, just that he's with us. And it was just like one little thing like that. And I'm like, man, God is in this with me. And it gave me confidence to keep moving forward. It was awesome. Bruise you on for sure. Yeah. Incredible. And Clay, I would just say this, you felt the deep burden and the, the need that, that was stirring in your heart that kind of got your feet moving in the direction of creating environments and spaces for young adults to connect in worship, in the word, and in community. And with that, Mike and I, we felt that burden. And mm-hmm. for the listener today who's feeling that impression on their heart today. They're like, I need to do something in my generation or in the next generation. And they're thinking about maybe taking that bold step of faith to start something, to start praying with friends, to start maybe a campus ministry, Bible study, or a small group or a full-blown young adult ministry, whatever it is. What would you say to the person even, or maybe who's been in it a little while, but needs to be reminded to hold on to hope. And like, what would you say to them as far as why do you believe young adult ministry is important? Yeah, I, I think it kind of gets to the heart of what we've been talking about today, but I think young adult ministry is so important. And I think you should go after it and take the step because it's literally the next generation of the church. And we are helping shape the future leaders in this culture that we've been talking about in this post-Christian culture where people are being formed and shaped um, by the world. We have to be the leaders or the ministry or the church, the outlet where people are receiving the truth because we have the truth. We know the truth and people need to hear it. Um, and I think scripture is the only objective truth that we have. Yeah. And so people are constantly looking around this day and age for different ideas and different things that are going to give them hope and are going to give them peace. But ultimately we have the thing, we have the one thing that is going to give that to people And so I think it's the most important thing that we could do right now Um, with how everything is going on in our world. We need Jesus. That's right. What an opportunity. So if you're being called and you haven't responded yet, answer the calling answer what God has been placing on your heart. Take that first bold step. And our next bold step, Clay, is to ask you, are you ready for the five in five, the home run derby of the podcast? (laughs) I'm ready. He's a Braves fan. I should mention. Have I mentioned yet? I've made it this far <laughs> and not mentioned that you're a Brave I fan. <laughs> I love the Atlanta Braves. Favorite team. Where I was born the year uh, that the, the Twins and Braves played in the World Series in 1991. Whoa. I won't, I won't, I won't brag or remind you of the outcome. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, on that note, we're going to start with question one. Josiah, hold on to your shorts. All right. Question number one, Clay, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Mm, great question. Um, I think first one would probably be disciplined. Uh, love routine, very health conscious, love CrossFit, love working out, um, cool. love that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, second thing, probably collaborative or like a team player love sports, love being with people, um, love working with people. I love getting everyone's opinion on things and then kind of making a decision moving forward. Um, and then the last thing I think is I'm just kind of a nerd. Um, <laughs> I love to learn, love books, school, documentaries, podcasts, museums, all that stuff. Hey, guess what? Nerds go somewhere in life. Even if they made fun right. of anybody in high school, they are the ones that you will be working for if you don't consider yeah. yourself a nerd. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And I know we're still getting to know each other, but that describes you, I think, really well. And I think those aspects will serve you really well in ministry. I just think of the, your story of taking a step, listening to the Ben Stewart podcast, and then going to seminary for fun just yeah. to try. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Um, how about this? Switching gears a little bit. If you and your wife were going to go on vacation, if somebody listened to this podcast and said, I want to bless Clay, how can, like, where do you want to go on a dream vacation? What would you say? Yeah. I would want to go to Hawaii. I've been wanting to go there so bad. Uh, I just love the beach. I want to do Road to Hana. I want to see Kauai where Jurassic Park was filmed. Yes. Um, yeah. And honestly, I just want to surf because I've gotten to do that once or twice uh, off the coast of North Carolina. Uh, I think the waves would be a lot bigger in Hawaii. So I'd love to try that out. That is, it's beautiful. We'll tell you that much. All right. Question number three, here's the curveball. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question today, what would you ask us? Man, that's good. I think I would love to know 
kind of what y'all are learning right now in this season. Um, I know y'all just hosted a conference. Um, so I would love to hear like, what, what did you learn anything amazing through that? Did you see God do anything through that? Um, any tips or tricks you might have? First? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I tell you what, like we never set out to start a podcast. It was just kind of a need that mm -hmm. we saw and there wasn't another podcast like it. So it was just that bold step and went for it. And then from doing a podcast, a lot of the listeners wanted to get together and build community. Mm -hmm. And there's just a contagious community that we believe God's started with young adults today, even the conference. And, um, I think I learned something, maybe two things. Um, Okay, three, and I'll cut it there. Three quick, I think um, hearing from Dr. Sammy Kim is a pastor in New York, and then he's also teaches at Harvard, and he went to Yale, he went to Harvard, and hearing him talk about mental health in this yeah. generation was so vital. It was so important, and I have a story of just being healed of tension, headaches, and I, I just think that mental health matters, and for us as spiritual leaders, a component of people's holistic health is their mental health, their spiritual health, their social health, their, their emotional health, relational health. And if we can understand mm -hmm. maybe just how to serve them well, that was really a key takeaway. Yeah. Um, this idea, the second idea is pure hearted leadership. Mm -hmm. um, that's just been something that God's been speaking to Micah and I yep. about like genuine leadership, sincere leadership. Mm -hmm. And Definitely. I word, I think that we just don't take, like, we, we don't take ourselves seriously, but at the same time, we don't take leading lightly. We're yeah. we, to, the, to the whole shepherd component. Like we are shepherds under the strong shepherd, the, the good shepherd. And mm -hmm. then maybe the last thing is with this conference, I'm a person who is really excitable. Like, oh my gosh, that's just who <laughs> I am. Right. And yeah. I get pretty uh, spun up. Anytime we do a podcast like this, I've been looking forward to this. Anytime we do an event, but I experienced a piece that I've never experienced. Mm -hmm. I usually have the pre-event jitters and there was such a piece. This event was virtual. Yeah. We want to be in person next year in Minneapolis, but to just experience the team that surrounded the dream, mm -hmm. as well as truly just the spirit of God moving. It was like, mm -hmm. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't worried. And I don't think anything went wrong or mm -hmm. could have gone better, you know? So I think that just trusting God in, you know, and never getting comfortable, depending on him being desperate, but at the same time, having a faith element of trust. Yeah, yeah that's really good. What about I would, you? I would say, I think you already kind of alluded to it, Clay, like everything is birthed in prayer. I think that's yeah. number one that God's always had at the forefront of my mind, whether it seems big or small, everything is birthed in prayer and needs to continually be prayed into and over and to have a prayer team surround you. So for the conference, right. we had prayer warriors praying for us like six weeks leading up to the event um, every Wednesday night. So when we went in, they're like, how did everything go? I'm like, just pray over the tech, pray over the people, pray right. over the, I mean, there's so many unknown factors when you're leading something. And like you said, you're kind of a, I want to say a one man team, but you are the one and you're yeah. equipping others. And we are the same way. There's two of us. We have a small team, but then we're, you know, putting that trust in somebody else's hands. And we're like, I don't know all the tech stuff that I should or want to know, but I trust that you do. So please <laughs> inform me, figure it out. Tell me what happens bad later. Yeah. Um, so having a prayer team around you and no matter what you're going through, whether it's family planning, whether it's a transition, mm. whether it's an event, whatever that is, I think is huge to um, just in leadership of seeing accountability, accountability and mentorship and discipleship for yourself and for myself as a leader is crucial. Um, whether it's you wrestling with faith questions or wrestling with leadership questions. Um, we talked about pure hearted leadership. Am I living a pure life, not just sexually pure or pure thoughts, but is every aspect of what God's called me to do truly being surrendered to him. And am I functioning out of a pure heart? Yeah. So just taking a personal inventory and stepping back and like, Lord, check my heart. Where is my heart right now? Yeah. And the third thing that I learned from my brother-in-law years ago was something that his pastor taught him. And it was fear is putting faith in the enemy and worry is wasted prayer. And I just think that like, you know what, if you're called to ministry or if you're functioning at a capacity, 
Fear is putting faith in the enemy. Our faith should be put in God. And I think when you can call out that fear, you realize what you've been fearful of, or maybe what you've been unknowingly submitting to, and that's a lie of the enemy. And then if worry is wasted prayer, well, I better be praying in the spirit and I better be ready throughout the entire day. So those are just three things that I would just encourage any leader to, to lean into. If you haven't to Mm -hmm. recognize prayer, accountability, and fear is, are some things that, you know, we need to take captive or take control or be disciplined in as a leader. If you want to start strong and finish well, when it comes to ministry. So sorry, we probably took five minutes right there. Y'all are crushing it. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Clay, back to you. I've been really excited. We talked and and I know that a lot of listeners, they might have a dream of a side hustle. They might be in a financial place where maybe they have some goals or some needs and, and maybe they want to kind of try something new or they have just the entrepreneurial itch. I've had that many times. And <laughs> you launched, um, I believe, a bit of a side hustle lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to share about this at all? Just with what yeah kind of been experiencing and and experimenting with yeah so yeah in that season of kind of figuring out what i wanted to do next um i kind of started thinking through this and like you said i'm a little entrepreneurial i love thinking through um and just trying new things yes um and so i had i like you were saying with mental health even um as i was exiting college and trying to figure all of this out i was battling some anxiety um and stumbled upon this uh, saying or this phrase that my great grandfather used to say, and my mom actually had uh, hanging in her house. And it just said, be at ease. Mm-hmm. And so cool. my entrepreneurial yeah, spirit um, just kind of clung to that. And it became this awesome phrase for me in that season um, of just a reminder to be at ease. And so I kind of had this phrase, be at ease. And I had this verse, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Um, just about not being anxious about anything, um, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Um, so those two things kind of collided and I was like, I'm gonna just put this out there, create something kind of similar to life is good, or just this brand and just see where it goes. Um, I just wanted to create a business, learn, see if I could do it, honestly. Um, and it's again, just taking a step and it's like, man, this feels like a big thing, but I was like, I'm just going to walk the path and go down it. And it just unfolded and snowballed once again um, and turned into this awesome thing that then me and Ali got married um, and we really leaned into this whole thing. So we created it. It's called Be at Ease Co. Um, and we're really just promoting this idea of peace um, that you can only find through Jesus and, and um, just this reminder to be at ease. Um, and so we put it on some clothing. We have some mugs coffee mugs because we love coffee um and just different accessories and stuff like that and it's just a cool reminder so yeah it's been great all right okay last question for all the women who can be at ease now can you share your male perspective and experience of getting married or planning a wedding during a pandemic (laughs) that's a question that's a good one (laughs) it was not it was crazy um we were supposed to have a wedding of probably like four to 500 people. Um, and so it was going to be insane. And Allie was trying to be at ease for sure. Um, but I think I was, it, as COVID started to hit it, me and Allie, I felt like we stayed pretty um, strong throughout it all. Uh, I remember one night, one day, finally in March, it was like, man, this is all just falling apart. We had kind of reached our end. Um, and, wow. but Allie actually ended up taking a picture. We were just sitting on a curb, like outside of our house. And we're just like, man, I don't know what to do. We prayed together. Um, and ultimately we ended up pushing up the wedding six days. Um, and because Georgia was literally about to shut down, right. um, go into like shelter in place. So we bumped it up, ended up, everything kept being taken away from us. My grandfather was going to come be a part of the wedding. He couldn't anymore. Um, so it was just thing after thing and it really was hard to be at ease, um, in those times, but it was just through trusting in the Lord, honestly, uh, we were, and leaning on each other in the, in those times. So we, um, ended up having a wedding at her parents' lake house with like 40 people. Um, and honestly, I would have chosen it. Like 
wow. it ended up being the perfect day. And Allie had actually talked about originally, like asked her mom, can we do it at the lake? And it was just, it didn't seem feasible because of the amount of people we would have. Mm-hmm. And then it was funny that ended up happening. Um, so it's been really cool and it was an amazing day. And um, yeah, I feel like uh, God used it. So it was cool. Amazing. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing your story. We know that the le- this last year of your life and Allie's life have been completely crazy from starting a ministry yeah. um, to moving in, obviously after the wedding, to getting married, to just being in tune with what God has called you to do. So for all the people who are out there who feel like they're in constant transition or they're kind of, you know, feel the tension and feel the heat of future decisions that they need to make now, be at ease. Wow. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let it be birthed yeah. in prayer. Continually take it to the Lord in prayer. If you know that old hymn, take it to the Lord in prayer and Amen. just enjoy um the adventure that god has called you on because even though clay and Allie were you know expecting that all to happen they did get a portion of that dream wedding wow. at the lake even though it may not have been with 400 it was still with 40 so i believe that god's going to do some awesome things in your life as a listener and josiah what do we got to conclude with today clay i just want to say thanks so much for your time ever since like we started talking i just found out that young adults was launching at north point and i thought of ephesians 1 15 yeah. all right to the church at ephesus ever since i heard about your faith in the lord jesus and your love for god's people i've not stopped giving thanks for you rejoicing in prayer and remembering you in my prayers and love i just that. rejoice to hear that Young Adults is launched. It's mm-hmm. going well. And for the listener that's starting a new young adult ministry, we rejoice with you. We're cheering you on that's right. here to serve you and just support and encourage. And Clay, we just want to say thanks for your time today and for investing in us in the leadership conversation as well. Thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Guys, if you want to find out more about Clay Cooney and North Point Young Adults, we will link it in the show notes as well as on the website and social media when you connect with us at www.youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Micah and Josiah. We're signing off saying be at ease. That's good. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.